0: Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message.
1: The process of spiritual maturity. One of the things I want to start with very clearly here, this one, is that God is a God of order. In other words... God is not the one that does anything anyhow. Okay, He just doesn't wake up one day and say, okay, this is the person I want to do something to. No, there is an order. There is a process with which God follows when he does anything. And from the beginning of the Bible, you can see the creative order in display. You can see God operating in a way that you know that there's an orderly fashion with, 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 with which he does things. You can see how if there is a process for which God does and blesses his own, in, in his own people. And if you look at the account in the book of Genesis, you will notice that God created created the world in an orderly fashion there was a process involved the concept of day and night was meaningless until God said let there be day Let there be light, and there was light. Until God separated the day from the night. The concept of day and night was foreign. Until there was a separation of the water, the idea of the land and the sea was not even in existence at that point in time. Until God made man in his own image and gave him the breath of life, the idea of dominion, the idea of stewardship, the idea of fellowship was unknown at that particular point in time. Because there was nothing to fellowship with. But when God created man and gave him the bread of life, that's when all those concepts became a reality. The point I'm trying to make here is this: God is a God of order. And why is this important? Let's look at the book of Genesis, chapter one. In Genesis chapter one, reading from verse number one, the Bible tells us that it said, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. Now, from the from this verse of scripture, you will notice one thing: the earth was without form. Okay, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The New Living Translation tells us: it says that the earth was shapeless and a chaotic mess. Okay, at that point in time, there was chaos. There was, you know, it was shapeless. There there was no form until God spoke order into that particular mess. Until God spoke order into that particular chaos, everything was chaotic. And as long as the, as the and as long as the earth was in that particular condition of chaos, of mess, of void, of darkness, as long as the earth was in that particular condition, nothing meaningful would take place. Nothing meaningful could take place. Nothing meaningful took place. And as long as the earth was in that condition, there was going to continue to be chaos. There was going to be, continue to be darkness, and there was going to continue to be void and in the same way in our own lives as long as there is no order Okay. As long as there is no order, as long as there is no follow, there is no systematic process in your life. As long as there is no specific routine in your life, there is going to be meaningless. There's still going to be or There's going to be chaos, and there's going to be continue to be, you know, a, a, a situation whereby there is no there is no order in that life. As long as there is no meaningful process, no routine, no set way of doing things, t- things in your life, there will always be chaos, void, and darkness. And that's why if you look at the lives of all the kids that come from broken homes, it's because there is no order in those homes. There's no order in such lives. And that's why you have chaos going on around them. And it happens also in our lives. One of the things you'll find is that, that one of the characteristics of people who are not very, very successful is that they don't have any specific routine in their lives. Look at the lives of kids who come, who don't do very well in school. Look at them. They don't really have any order. There's no no routine in their lives. They wake up in the morning and they don't even know what to do. And that's why they watch TV. They do whatever. But you look at the life of successful kids. You look at the life of successful people. You look at the lives of successful individuals. There is an order. There is a routine. There are things that they do. There is a way things are done in that environment. So as long as there is no meaningful process, no meaningful routine in our lives no meaningful way of doing things our lives will continue to be chaotic void and there's a probability of darkness there in order to make sense out of the chaos God had to first of all bring order through the creative process and for you the same way in order to be able to bring sense into our individual lives and bring order into our individual life in our marriage, in our ministry, in our finance you name it, any area of your life in order to bring sense and meaning and and order into that environment you need to first of all speak order into that situation you need to be able to put things in order things have to belong somewhere in that life and if you want to grow and mature in the Christian life if you want to grow and mature in this Christian race, if you want to be a mature believer, any area of your life, there has to be an established order in your life. There has to be an order in which you pray. There has to be an order, a systematic order, a routine for prayer, a routine for the study of the word of God, a routine for fasting, a routine for doing the spiritual disciplines. If you don't do it, then growth will be marginal, if there is growth at all if you don't have order for spiritual discipline you will find out that your growth will be epileptic one day you'll be on top and tomorrow you'll be under tomorrow the one day you'll be able to pray very well and then the next day you are not even able to open your mouth to call upon the name of the lord what you are saying is that when there is no process when there is no order the life will be chaotic the life will not be able to move forward the interesting thing about growth is that growth and maturity are orderly process they are orderly process and that is why my hand this hand is not like this it's not up to this place it has to grow in a normal way okay that's why your body grow in a normal way that's why your hair grows in a normal way that's why everything around you grows in the normal way if growth and maturity is not an orderly process what you will find is that you'll begin to have what is called a malignant growth a tumor in your body and that is what is basically that's basically what cancer is all about Growing of a particular cell, replication of a particular cell that is not following the right order. That's basically what it is. And the same thing we're talking about, if your life has to, you know, life has order, growth has order, maturity has order. If these things are out of order, problem will start. Okay? So when growth process becomes disorderly, uncontrolled, you will refer to such growth as cancerous. Now in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 reading from verse number 8 talking about the Lord Jesus Christ it says something very interesting there in verse number 8 the Bible said though he were a son it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ now he said though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect he became the author of eternal life unto all them that obey him in other words the Bible is saying Jesus was God jesus was the one that spoke the universe into existence jesus was there when the whole thing was happening in, in john chapter one the bible said that in the beginning was the one and the one was god and the word was god in other words jesus was god he doesn't need to prove himself but the bible tells us in the book of hebrew when jesus shared his divinity when jesus shared his, 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 his heavenly glory and came to us in the physical form the bible tells us in that hebrews chapter 8 He said though he were a son though he was god he said, "He yet he learned obedience. True, you know he learned obedience by the by the things which he suffered. In other words, he went through the process. He followed the process of maturity. He followed the process of growth. He followed the process that he has ordained for the universe. He followed that same process. Though he was God, when he came into this earth in his, head, in his human flesh, he went through the process. Though he was a son of God, yet he learned obedience." by the things that he suffered. In other words, there is a process of spiritual maturity established in the Bible. And this process of maturity can be boiled down to two basic things. Number one, when you're talking about maturity in the Christian faith, it boils down to two things. The first one is what is referred to as the seeking stage. And the second one is referred to as the pursuit stage. The seeking and the pursuit state. The seeking state is basically in a stage where the individual attempts or desires to find or obtain or achieve something. Okay, The stage where an individual, when the individual is hungry for something, when the individual is thirsting for something, they realize there's something that is missing in their life. There's something that they need for their life to become more complete. They begin to seek for it. And that's what happened for those of us who are already born again. There is a desire in your spirits. You know that you need God in your life. You know you need God in your situation. You know you need God in your circumstances. You are striving, you are hungry, you are seeking for something. And that is why you come to church, you pray and you ask God, Lord, visit me. Because there was that stage in your heart. There's something in your life that needs to be taught. That needs the touch of the supernatural. So because of that seeking, because of that hunger, you are at the first phase of maturity. It is the stage where things start. It is the seeking stage. The second stage is the state of pursuit The state of pursuit And what do we mean by the state of pursuit? It is one thing for you to enter It's another thing for you to explore what is in the house So the state of pursuit is the state where an individual has identified that which enriched their lives and they strive for more of it It's just like you wake up one morning and you find that this is where I can find good food or this is where I can find good service or this is where I can find something interesting and because that thing has benefited your life before you begin to go after that thing you begin to go after that thing. It's just like those of us who are married. When we're looking for when we're looking at that young lady or looking at that young man, initially you saw that lady. You did all the poses that you need to do in order to be able to get the attention. After you got the attention enough, that this is the bread of my butter, or this is the butter of my bread, this is the sugar of my tea. And then you started pursuing that particular individual because you found that this is the individual that will enrich my life. So you move from the seeking phase into the pursuing stage. And that is a basic approach uh, the that is the steps of maturity, those are basically it you start maturing, you start maturing up to the point that you now begin to pursue that individual you now begin to seek more of that person and that is when you see that if the woman did not show up for the appointment by just 5 minutes, you will begin to have heart attack because you now see that there is something happening you want more of that individual that is the seeking stage and this is the stage when the individual has identified that which is way, that which they think is needed in their life they now realize the importance of that thing and there is a doing you know, and they are now doing everything possible to get more of it to get more of it And that's why you cannot do more you know you cannot you cannot do without that particular thing back home we used to say that this is the stage where the head will kill the neck you know that's the stage that you get to where you cannot do without that particular individual it is the point where you are seeking more seeking more seeking more okay it is at that point that your relationship begins to grow that's when you get to know the individual. You get to seek more to know that person. You get to understand that person. And when that person is speaking on the phone, you can recognize that voice. When that person is talking in the other room, you can talk. You can understand that, person with that person's voice. When they look at you in a certain way, you know that they are happy. When they look at you in a certain way, you know they are actually questioning you. When you are in a particular group, we used to say something back home. That when a woman stays too long in the house of the husband, it becomes a witch. Because when they look at you (laughs) When she looks at you, you know what she's saying If she wants you to keep quiet, you know If she wants you not to say anything, you you know So that's what happens It's because you have sought that person You have come to know this person very well You have not had that relationship with that individual Now you are doing everything possible To make sure you receive that person Now how does that translate into what we're talking about The book of Luke chapter 14 Luke chapter 14, we want to start reading from verse number 25 Luke 14 reading from verse number twenty-five. The Lord Jesus Christ was talking about the two-stage process in the preparation of the people he wants to move, he wants to move into ministry. The Bible tells us in verse number twenty-five, He said, "And there went and there went great multitude with Him, and He turned and said unto them, If any man come to Me." And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also he cannot be my disciples. Number no, 27. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot, you know, cannot be my disciples. Now, from what we have read in that Luke verse 14, you will see that two-stage process there. The Bible says the very first state is the second state. He said, Come after you know, come to Christ. Okay, look at that verse number 26. If any man come to me, that is the second stage. And then the second stage is the stake of what? It's the stage of pursuit. And if you look at verse number, verse number 27, it says, Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me. Okay, so those two stages are there in the in the way the Lord Jesus Christ was uh, uh, in the way the Lord Jesus Christ prepared his disciples. Seeking state, if any man come to me, that is coming to the Christ state. The second stage, the pursuit state, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me, those are the two stages. Our Lord is saying, if you want to walk with me, if there, there's going to be two things that must happen in your life, you must first of all seek me and find me if you want to mature in the Lord. You must first of all start that journey. You must first of all seek me. And then after, after you have seen me, after you have, you know, after you have sought for me, then you must pursue me. Then you must pursue me. Except of course, for those of us who are already married here, except of course they posted your wife to you. Okay. Other than that, there was a process that took place. You saw this beautiful thing. You say, man... An angel must, you know, they, you know, I remember those lines You say, uh, heaven must be missing an in angel I don't know how people fall for those kind of things But you know, they fall for those kind of things But you know what, you know, you say, you start the seeking process And by the time you go through that, you now begin the state. Jesus is saying that if you are going to walk with me If you are going to be my disciples If you are going to be somebody who will represent me who's my Who my spirit will indwell Those two things must happen in your life First of all, you must seek me And after you have sought me Then you must pursue me so that that is when I begin to release myself our Lord had a clearly defined order for onboarding and maturing those who will work for him he had a very clear process and it started with coming to him and then followed by coming after him the question is what does it mean to come to Jesus what does it mean to come to Jesus Luke uh, Luke chapter 14 again reading from verse number 26 if any man come to me in other words, that person sees me and says, Okay, I want to identify with the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man come to me and hate not his father, mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, even his own life, he cannot be my disciples. What does that mean? Does it mean Jesus Christ does not want you to have friends? Does it mean he want you to cut yourself away from your family? No. What Jesus is saying that if you are going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you must, number one, come to the point, what is called the recognition stage. There has to be recognition if you are going to seek the Lord. In other words, if any man come to me, you have to recognize that this is the Savior. This is the one that will make a difference in my life. There has to be that point of recognition. Number two, you know, what does it mean to come to Jesus? It, what it means to come to Jesus is that there is a realization that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That no man comes to the Father except through him. So, if he says, if any man come to me, that person must first of all have what is called a point of recognition. The man also must, recommend, must come to the point of realization. And then number three, there has to be prioritized. In other words you have to prioritize things. What is more important to you? What is more important to you? Jesus said if any man will come to me If you are going to associate with me, if you want to be named by me, if you want to be called by my name, then certain things must happen. Number one is that that person must hate his father. He must hate his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, his sister. Even he must hate his own life. In other words, you have to put things in priority. What is more important to you? Because if you don't understand what is important to you, there's this very strong tendency that you might not even know how to follow me. If you don't know what is important to you, you might not know how to be able to apportion your time. If you don't know what is important to you, you might not know how to be able to relate with me. Jesus is saying that anybody who wants to mature, he must come to you. He must come to him. And coming to him means recognition. It means prioritization. It means you need to put him in the right order. From this verse, you see that coming to Jesus is a very serious business. It's Not a business that okay, you talk, 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 and everybody's just hey, I want to believe in Jesus, you just raise your hand, and that's the end of the story. It's not that easy. Christianity is not an easy thing, it's not an easy thing, and that is why that's a story for another day. But what I just want you to understand is that it is a very serious business, very serious business. And the second stage is the coming after stage, Luke chapter 14 reading from verse number 27 the bible tells us i say whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples in other words you want to serve the lord you want to walk with me jesus is saying if you cannot bear your cross and come after me then you cannot walk with me what does that mean what does that mean In Luke Luke, Luke, 24, that verse 27 is telling us that if you want to be a mature believer, if you want to walk with him, he says you have to come to the point of identification with him. There has to be identification. In other words, you cannot be ashamed to say that I want to be known with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are some very, very handsome men or very beautiful women that you don't want to stay with in in the day. We can hang you can hang with them at night, but in the daytime, you really don't want to know them. Okay? Because you don't want to identify with them. There are some shady characters you don't want to be seen with. Jesus is saying, if you want to walk with me, you have to come to that point of identification. In other words, you have to be willing to be identified with me. The Bible says, Whosoever does not bear in front and come after me cannot do what? Cannot be my disciples. If you cannot identify with me, you cannot be my disciples. If you don't want to be seen with me, you can't be my disciples. If you don't want to be known with me, you can't be my disciple. Okay? There are some people, I mean if you're working for, let's say, which company has a very terrible character, Okay, let's leave it alone. But let's just say you are working for a company that you don't really like, or most people don't like them. You cannot be proud and wear their t-shirt and be walking around the street and say, no. Because you don't want to be seen with them. Jesus is saying that if you are ashamed of me, then you cannot be my disciple. So, stage number two. In order for you to pursue, in order for you to mature, you have to be willing to identify with Christ. Number two, you have to be willing to surrender. Jesus is saying that whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In other words, he's talking about the Father, apart from my Identification. There has to be surrenderedness. You must be willing to yield yourself to the Almighty God. Okay? You must be willing to yield yourself to the Almighty God. And then number three, there has to be what is called sacrifice. And that what, whosoever will not, you know, if you want to walk with the Lord, there has to be sacrifice. And that sacrifice simply means that you are willing to give up that which is important to you. You are willing to give up that which is very important to you. And that is what every woman, in most cases, they go through. Most women who get married, they go through that area of sacrifice. They are willing to give up the name of their father to be able to assume the name of their husbands. Okay? So what you find is that there has to be that point of, you know, sacrifice. Sacrifice has to take place. These two processes of coming to Jesus and coming after Jesus must take place if you are going to do what? If you are going to go through the process of maturity. A person who wants to be matured in the Lord... Who want to be able to speak for the lord who wants to be able to minister in the name of the lord who wants to be able to represent christ to the whole world that person must go through those two process you have to first of all come to him and then come after him continue to follow after him because if you don't you may not be able to move forward our lord modeled this when he implemented that particular program with his disciples he demonstrated the need for order in the process of spiritual maturity when he called the twelve to himself. If you remember the verse of the scripture that we read this morning, the passage of the scripture where we read this morning, the Lord Jesus Christ gave us that particular process, and that's the book of Mark of the Mark, the gospel according to Mark. And reading from verse number eight, chapter 3. So I'm reading chapter 3, reading from verse number 13. The Bible tells us, it says, and he goes up onto a mountain and called unto himself whom he would that day. And they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him. And that he might send them forth to preach. And to have power to heal, the, uh, to heal sicknesses. And to cast out devils. Before I go on forward. I want you to notice the very beginning. If you can scroll back to the very beginning of this, uh, of this, uh, of this passage. He said. And he goes up unto a mountain. And called unto him whom he willed. And they came unto him. Please notice one thing. The Bible says Jesus went to a particular mountain. In other words, there's a particular height where Jesus is. And those who will walk with him will have to come to that particular mountain. Jesus is not going to come down for you. Okay? You want to walk with him? You have to be able to go up to that mountain and meet him at where he is. Meet him at his own level. Meet him where he is. Okay? Jesus is not going to lower his standard because you want to walk with him. Jesus is not going to lower your standard. He's not going to lower his standard because you want to. Because you want to be his disciple. No, if you want to be his disciple, you have to go up into the mountain where he is. Okay, and the Bible now says he called those whom he would. Uh, he called unto him. He called unto him whom uh, he would. That is the people that he has selected, and that's why the Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. In other words, you might desire certain things, but you might, do you have the qualification? Do you have what it takes to be able to do it? That is just a sidebar. But I just wanted you to know that God will not lower his standard for anybody. He will not lower his standard for anybody. Regardless of how the economy is changing or the society is changing or we are becoming more educated or we are becoming more, uh, what do you call it, more sophisticated or we think that we have now become so educated that we have now been educated beyond the Bible. If we think that we are better than what they, what is written in the scripture, God will not lower his standard for anybody. And that's why he went up to the mountain and the people who will follow him had to go up to him. They will, he will not come down to your level. He will understand what you are feeling He will understand where you are coming from. He will understand your heartache. But that does not mean he's going to lower his standard. That is the story for another day. So he goes up to the mountain. Called up to himself. And then he ordained twelve. That they will be with him. And so that he can give them the power to go and preach. Heal the sick. And cast out devil. Now you will notice. That Jesus did not just pick people from the streets. He wasn't just walking up and down. And just picking people anyhow. No. There was a particular order with which he did it. The people he chose had to go through the maturation process. They had to go through a season of seasoning. He looked, you know, if you look back again in that verse number 14 and 15, the Bible says he ordained 12. That they should be with him. Okay, He ordained 12 that they should be with him. The Bible says he ordained 12. The question is why did he ordain 12? Gave them specific four reasons in that particular verse of the scripture. We read, gave them four reasons. The first reason, the number one reason why he ordained 12 was for the reason of fellowship. Okay, he ordained 12 that they should be with him. That is the reason for fellowship. You cannot mature if you don't know how to fellowship with the Almighty God, it's not possible. If you cannot hear his voice, if you don't understand how he speaks to you, if the only time of fellowship you have is the time you come to church, and we all come together and clap our hands and do all this things, if this is the only fellowship you have, your growth will be very, very limited. Extremely limited. The Bible tells us, or he ordains 12, that they might be with him. Service in the kingdom. Maturity in the kingdom requires fellowship with the almighty God first and foremost. You have to have that relationship with him first you have to be able to enjoy fellowship with him regardless of what is going on around you and if you cannot have that fellowship with the almighty god i tell you growth will be impossible number two the bible says that he called them to himself why for the propagation of the gospel look at what that first of the scripture in verse number 14 again he said and he ordained 12 that they should be with him that they might that he might send them forth to preach The reason why Jesus called you together, number one is to have fellowship with you. Number two is for you to be able to propagate the good news that has impacted your life. It's like somebody who now found out a place where you can get something good and you kept all the information to yourself. You are not a very good person. But when you know where to find something good, you know where to get something beautiful, you know where people can get the benefits of life, you now begin to call others and say, here I am. I am enjoying this thing so much. I want you to come. That is the reason why Jesus Christ called them. He said he ordained 12 that they should number one, fellowship with him and then when they've enjoyed that fellowship they should take the fruit of that fellowship and share it with other people. Let other people know that there is a benefit to walking with the Lord. Let other people know that there is a beauty, that there is a fulfillment, that there is this thing that there is joy that the Lord puts upon the life of his people when you fellowship with him. That is the number two reason. The third reason why Jesus Christ called people to himself is so that they must de- they may demonstrate the power of the almighty God. To demonstrate the power of the almighty God. Look at that verse of the scripture again. Look at that, look at that verse of the scripture. He said to demonstrate God's power. He said and he ordained 12. That they should be with him. And that he might send them forth to preach. Now look at verse number 15. Verse number 15 now tells us, And to have power to heal sicknesses. In other words, when you come unto him, he not only wants you to fellowship with him, he not only wants you to tell others about it, he wants to put power into your life. That power so that you yourself will be able to demonstrate the same power that is in his own life. The same power that, God, that flows from me, he wants you to be able to do. And that's why I say that, the things that I do, he a greater works will you do because I go to my father. The reason is because he wants you to be able to propagate the whole world. He wants you to be able to tell the whole world that there is power in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the reason why he calls you. Number one, to fellowship. Number two, to propagate the gospel. Number three, to demonstrate the power of God. And number four, to stop the onslaught of hell. To stop the onslaught of hell. In other words, the devil and his agents are going about doing damage in the lives of people. The devil and his agents are going about destroying lives of people. Destroying families. Destroying people's wars. Destroying what is everything that is going on around them. And then the Lord is saying that when you now have fellowship with me. And you go out and you tell people about the grace of God. And I have the power deposited in you. I want you to now begin to stop whatever the enemy is doing in the vicinity where you find yourself. In other words, the enemy is destroying a particular area. I am saying that I am calling you to be with me. So that when you step into that situation, that particular destruction of the enemy will cease when you go in there. That is why he called us. So that we not only demonstrate the power of God, but we stop the enemy on his track. We're stopping from doing what he's doing. We're stopping from destroying life. We're stopping from putting sicknesses upon people. We're stopping from doing all the things that he has been doing to destroy the life of people. And that is why we can pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and heal the sick. We can pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and cast out demons so that we can fulfill the very purpose for which he has called us.
0: Thank you very much for listening to our program today.